Hey guys, welcome to the re-release of Melanie Linsky's episode. She was one of the very first, if not the very first, uh, podcast episode that I recorded. And Chris Royce, who runs uh, my Twitter account, the JV Club podcast Twitter account, reminded me that we are coming up on a a yearly anniversary of the JV Club and that it might be fun to re-release one of the very first, if not the first, uh, episodes. And, you know, I was thinking about Mel anyway because, of course, she has a new movie that is very popular on Netflix right now called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. And... I just think she's brilliant and wonderful. She's a wonderful human being. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to this yet, this could be a a, a good time to do it and to support her wonderful work. Um, And uh, I guess that's it. I want to thank Kali for her email. And I'm very excited to hit uh, the Joko's cruise in the next couple of days. So I'll see somebody there. All right, guys. Thanks. Now entering Nerdist.com. You know I like to put my foot in my mouth as much as humanly possible. And my guest, Melanie Linsky, when we first met, I met her at uh, someone's birthday party. And I totally geeked out on her, which I don't normally do with people, but I just sort of couldn't help myself. I came up to her and I introduced myself and she was so lovely. And I said something to the effect of, you know, I meet so many people here. I know so many comedians and I know so many, you know, people who were on kind of lame sitcoms and I'm so overwhelmed and excited right now. It was like right when I had moved down. I said, I'm so overwhelmed and excited to to meet you because you're the star of one of my all-time favorite movies. It's so amazing and it's so exciting. I just have to geek out on you because I don't want to, you know, I never want to do that with people who were on these like lame sitcoms that are, you know, just not funny. And here's this amazing work of art that you've been a part of. And it was Heavenly Creatures that I was talking about. And, uh, and I talked about it with her for a while and then she was like, yeah, it's funny. I'm actually also on, uh, one of those sitcoms and, um, (laughs) and the show that she was on was two and a half men, which was like the biggest show on television. And I had no idea. had never seen it and had no idea she was on it. So, uh, I'm classy. All I remember is how sweet you were to me. I don't, I don't even, I do remember now because it was hilarious, but I would never, I just remember you were like so sweet and great oh, and well. I was excited to meet you. That is, that's very that's, gracious oh, of you. You're so sweet. Um, I'm totally blushing. I don't think anyone's going to be able to understand you, unle- you unless you use an American accent. Oh, so, sorry. You just use that the <laughs> okay. entire time. I don't just people made, know? Paul, Paul is laughing out loud. Don't He's people recording know now because they have seen Flight of the Concords. Yes, people know New Zealand accent. That's true, yeah. and that is the the party that we were at was uh, Jermaine Clement's birthday party, uh, probably like five years ago. So long ago. Yeah, I don't even know if they had their show yet. I don't. Think I don't think so. they I did. Think I think they, they were, they were figuring doing, it out or something. Yeah. Doing things at Largo, and Brett told that funny story about when he was on the cover of a magazine as a child. He was like a child model for oh, a while. Yeah. And Jermaine got oh, all that's jealous. Cra- <laughs> He was like, how'd you get that job? Do you, did you have an agent? Oh, you, who was your agent? That's really funny. Well, he is He's a very funnier. pretty young, pretty young man. He's Brett. a pretty man. Um, also, I thought his name was Brit because <laughs> yeah. I remember when I met him in Aspen, I didn't know. And I called him that for about three hours. And then he told me everyone does that. And then I felt really unspecial for that reason too. Like, Oh, I accidentally called you the wrong name, but it's what every American does. So I'm just another American puppy dog jumping around. Um, so uh, again, we, you know, heavenly creatures, I'm sure is something that people bring up for you a lot just because it's, it was, it's such a specific, unique, amazing movie. And I don't know if you have, do you have the experience where you get tired of being referred to as the you know the actress from that movie with as much as you've done since or is it kind of okay because you know I mean I think it's really it kind of amazes me how it has stayed with people yeah like it's been so it's been almost 20 years 
Yeah. Since I made that movie. Which I don't is know so what weird to me. I know. And we're the same age. So I saw it when it came out in the theater and yeah. I was your age. So it's not like I was seeing something like Harold and Maude, which is this classic that's right. lived forever up until I saw it. And since yeah. I, I was looking at you as, oh, this is somebody who's the same age as me, who's doing acting work. I can't imagine ever being capable of no, no matter how long you live it's just You're it's so just great. stunning it's stunning oh. um but it's interesting and then and i don't want to spend much time talking about your career unless you want to but i the reason that i bring that up i've just got a couple of films that you did that i would love to sort of work into conversation because they are so nicely representative of kind of the teen years for one reason or another, be it win-win or, uh, but I'm a cheerleader or heavenly creatures. And, um, and that movie, uh, just actually kind of leads me into where you're from and, and in what your teenagerhood must've been like, because you're from New Zealand, um, New Plymouth, New Plymouth. Yeah. And, uh, and where do your parents still live there? Are your parents together? My parents, yeah, my parents are together. Um, and they're in New Zealand? They're in New Zealand, Do you have yeah. siblings? I do. I'm the oldest of five. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know if I knew that. Sister. Yeah. Okay. Where are they? Are they spread out all over? Um, two of my brothers are in Australia, and my littlest brother and my little sister are in Wellington okay. in New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> so you... Got this. You started working. Had you worked before? I mean, people talk about that this was a big breakthrough role for you. Had you worked at all before you got this role, or was this that you were you just sort of slingshot into the public eye? It was a little bit crazy. I was in my second to last year of high school, and New Plymouth is quite a like isolated place. You Scott the dog is uh, <laughs> loves women and has fallen oh, desperately in love with Melanie and is demanding friendly. attention. Well, he came over because the cat was trying to say hi. Yeah, there's a like, no, there's no, a huge no, no. friendly competition, but it's it is an intense cute. competition. Um, but anyway, the place that I come from is quite provincial, and you people are just not really actors there. But it was all it was all I ever dreamed of doing. It was all I ever wanted to do, and. I was in my second to last year of high school and people were saying you need to decide what you want to do with your life and are you going to be an actor or, you know, whatever. And I said, yes, I do think I want to be an actor. And everyone around me was saying I was crazy and I wanted to go to drama school and whatever else. And then it was it was crazy. Uh, Peter Jackson's partner, Fran, came to my high school and or she was traveling around New Zealand auditioning people and they auditioned me at high school. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, oh, this would be a good thing to put on my drama school application that I auditioned for you yeah. know, a real movie. Oh, I love that you didn't take it all the way through to getting it. Oh my you God. just <laughs> you thought, well, but I'll have had this experience like, of auditioning. Yeah, this, is a, this is a good thing for me to learn. I asked them all kinds of questions. and But then I got it. It was really crazy. Oh, my gosh. But even after that, people were like, well, that was, that was good. New Zealanders are funny, you know. It's like, <laughs> well, good, good job, but don't think that that's going to carry on. Right. And I was like, well, I did a movie. <laughs> but they're like, nope, doesn't happen. People don't become actors. Oh, wow. Well, so, so yeah, so tell me more about, about New Plymouth and about um, – I think I'd love to hear a little bit about being at an all girls school and, and high school. And, and I mean, how, how does that compare knowing that the majority of young women who would be listening to this podcast are American young women, you know, in their, in their teens and their twenties. Um, what, what do you kind of perceive as the difference? What was it like for you? I I mean, I don't know much about American high schools, but it seems like it was very different yeah. from what my husband has told me. Yeah. Like girls come to school, like they get up in the morning to put their makeup on and stuff. Yeah. It's so funny. So to not me. like that for you at all. No. How big was your school? They, I don't know. By the way, I don't know how many people went to my high school, so yeah, I don't know I don't why know. I expect you to know that. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like something you but should smallish know. But smallish classes, like you were, you know, like 20 girls in a class they or... like 30 in a class, okay. I guess. It was it was a pretty big high school. And the boys' high school was just across a cemetery. Uh-huh, perfect. Us, so <laughs> there were some meetups in the cemetery. Oh, I bet. Which is really creepy and gross. <laughs> did you feel like... Do you... When you... In going to an all-girls school, did you feel like that encouraged... Uh, a more restrictive behavior or did, or did the opposite happen and everybody kind (laughs) of went crazy? It was the opposite. I don't, for some reason, 
teenagers where I grew up were pretty crazy anyway. Like I only kind of realized it when I came over here and people were talking about their teenage years and I would tell, you know, stories I thought were like fun little stories and people would be like, what happened? (laughs) Really? Yeah. We were kind of wild. Yeah. Do you think it's that small town thing of sort of that, that you have fewer outlets for the crazy hormones and yes. adolescence and identity stuff. And yeah. so you're acting out differently than if you like were a teenager in Manhattan or something. I think so because there's just, I mean, we were all the people that I grew up with. A lot of them now are musicians and artists and all kinds of interesting things. And yeah. it was the sort of creative group of people, but we were in this very small place and new Plymouth in recent years is been completely revitalized and it's lovely and really nice to visit but yeah when we were growing up it was quite depressed and there were like a lot of suicides oh, and wow. it was kind of a dark yeah place to be yeah and people did a lot of drugs and it was it was kind of intense so what were you, so you knew that you had like a passion you had a passion for for acting from yeah. a very very young age um, where do you, what, what were you, who are your heroes or what were you looking at as, as an example of what felt like it was a fit for you about that? It was funny. It was, I, when I was little, my dad was a medical student and we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I always was the new kid and I felt very shy and mm-hmm. awkward and mm-hmm. I was very shy and awkward. Like I remember when I was six and I was at a new school and I tried to, at lunchtime, I tried to go up to the staff room because there was this teacher who was nice to me. Aww. And I was like, maybe I can have lunch with her because it was oh. so horrible having lunch myself so every day. Yeah. It was so lonely. And she was like, oh, my God. I remember it so clearly, this look on her face. She was like, you can't. <gasps> How old lunch were you, do you think? not going to make things easier for you. Yeah. I was six. Oh but I just my was gosh. like, oh, she's my friend. And I had this weird thing where I had to like go to different classes for different subjects because they were doing a thing in New Zealand where if you were like good at something, you would study it in a different age group. So yeah. I was doing some classes with like nine-year-olds and then some with like six. And, you know, it's all very... It makes it hard with your peer groups yeah, to connect. and you're being made fun of. And, you know, it's yeah. like it was a very awkward time and we were moving. And at some point, I can't remember when, there was like a school play and I was in it. And I felt this, like, release Mm. from – I just became a different person, and I had this confidence, and it was, like, all my responsibilities and all the things I was worried about about myself just, like, dropped away. Yeah. And everyone was, like, very different to me after that. Everyone was like, oh, hmm. Because I suddenly was, like, a different person. And and how old were you when you think – That was when I was six. Oh, still when you were six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing to to be that young and to still, I think I had a similar experience because yeah. I was, my parents were splitting up and I was mm. just so angry all the time and so, yeah. but not knowing why. Cause when you're that little, you don't really know where your emotions come from. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think performing was that sort of, Oh, all I have to think about and all I can think about right now. And maybe that's sports for other kids or yes. whatever yeah. else, but it felt like, Oh, I don't have to be me at all right now. Literally. That's exactly, exactly it. Like people always say to me, oh, you're so shy. And like, why are you an actor if you're so shy and you don't want to be the center of attention? And it's for that reason, because the times when you're actually acting, you get to become someone else and you lose all your little like insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, so then after that, I just always tried to do any play there what like I went to church with my grandparents because then I could do the church plays like I was really sneaky about it (laughs) I just did everything I could and I didn't really I would see movies and stuff like that but I mostly was reading like I read a lot of plays and Mm -hmm. I read a lot of books and I would become obsessed with characters and become obsessed with like particular writers and read everything and did you ever play? I mean, I know you were the oldest of your siblings. Um, did you ever sort of, did you have like lots of imaginary games that you would do or yes. like sort of, and <laughs> I'm saying this because I'm imagine everything you're saying really hits home for me. And I used to, <laughs> I was obsessed with Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, I don't, I did you read those books, yes, right? Yes. Cause you know, I mean, she sort of gives you, she's the character that gives you permission as a young girl to kind of yeah. just be wildly imaginative and, and sort of do crazy 
weird performancey things on your own yeah. and feel like that's normal because you're you're special and I would dress up like her my interpretation of whatever that was was maybe like a long jumper and yeah. you know a shirt underneath and then I, I somehow saved up the money to buy some um some old like 1900 shoes or something Aww. that were like unco- painfully tight and I would lace them up and then I would just go outside into the alley because there was that's like where I could go where there wouldn't be anyone and yeah. just act out pretending that I was Anne like yeah. living in this forestry foresty kind of world and then and then there was a certain period of time where I went through this phase <laughs> where I would be wearing this costume and I would be out in the, my dad's front yard and when a car drove by I would just freeze <laughs> like whatever I was doing yep. and somehow in my mind I was invisible <laughs> I was frozen like a statue I totally and people would like slow down and drive by me really <laughs> slowly and I'd just be frozen but what commitment I know. that's amazing oh commitment maybe was what I deserved at that point uh to be committed somewhere it but was definitely I get it like I would do things like that I did a thing where I would look in the mirror until my face became unfamiliar to me yes and then I would start <gasps> talking to myself oh, I, I sound it. like a crazy person no I feel like I sound yeah. like a crazy person but no. that makes perfect sense to me it's a little bit crazy and I, I mean, also would do a thing when we were on long car trips. I would look out the window in preparation for the future when I was filmed, um, looking out a window in a car and not let my eyes like, catch on anything. I totally get Oh, wow. That's a lot of mature. That's a lot of intellectual maturity it's also in terms of like, strange. did you do a thing where I, I felt like I should have practiced more blinking less Oh, because of the, the close-up thing, yeah. right? Uh, you see people in close-up and you're like, oh, they're just not blinking. That's really intense, yeah. but it's effective. I saw my friend Corey Stoll in Midnight in Paris yeah. recently. Yeah, I loved that so, movie. so sweet. And he was so great. Yeah, he played he Hemingway. Amazing. He was amazing. He was so great. And he was not blinking at all. He didn't. It was just... Long speeches where he's just like... Yeah. Deep and I was like, oh. And what about boys? Where does that, how did that work it in? If you you moved a lot when you were little and you were shy, but then you were going to the all girls school, but then people were getting nutsy and crazy. Did you have lots of crushes? Did you have little meetings at the cemetery? I was like boy crazy. Yeah. My entire life. Really? Yeah. 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 I always talk about how I kept journals and I thought that I was saying all these profound things. And when I look back, it's just like a couple of other thoughts in between rants about boys. That's why I found this old suitcase last time I went home from my teenage years. It was like a time capsule. I haven't looked at it since I was 17, maybe. Oh, yeah. And it was from... What was in it? It was from like 14 to 16. Uh Uh-huh. And it was like love letters from boys and letters from friends. Like it was back in the days when you would write each other letters. Oh, yeah. My friends and I would go on vacation away from each other and just write these like homes to each other yeah. like everything that had been happening and it was so amazing to see it is isn't it and i wonder i mean i, I don't know if this makes us the, the grouchy old ladies but i'd love to hear and if anybody is listening to this and, and wants to write me i am seriously so curious how much like do you guys i mean i feel like is there still note writing in school or are you just straight up texting each other yeah. or are you are you, if somebody goes away, it's just email. Like, does anybody, I mean, when I try to write a whole letter now to my mom because she doesn't have email, my hand gets cramped so quickly yeah. because I, I literally don't, I'm just not writing by hand the way I used to. I know. And that too. makes me feel like I came from the time of horses and carriages, just saying that out loud, but it's true. No, and, it's terrifying. uh, what you're describing, I too have, I mean, the boxes full of yeah. memories like that. I, it is a little bit different than cracking open an email it's so different and just you know where your friends would like stop writing and then they'd be like okay i'm back now and then this happened yeah where do i start so much happened like long long letters to each other and these letters from boys these teenage boys who are just like not knowing how to articulate yeah just these awkward sweet letters and bad poetry and old dried up flowers and stuff i was like oh my god 
That's lovely. It was really fun. Oh, I'm so glad you found that and that you still have that. Yeah. Did you? So, you, if you were boy crazy, did you have did you have steady boyfriends that you kind of kept for a while, or was it sort of all over the map? It was all over the map. And then what happened when you got when you got the film? You were 16, 17. I was 15. You're 15. Yeah, I turned 16 making it. Um, and and so how did that change people at the school? And what was that? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit a second ago. Yeah. But in terms of how people like were the were, did the did the girls react one way and the boys react another or did some you know how what was it like well it was funny because it wasn't like a glamorous role yeah. to say the least no you're right so it's not like i was like some gorgeous like movie star who right. it, i was doing this very complicated yeah thing and it was like very intense and a lot of kids just didn't really know how to process it i got a lot of like oh you kissed a girl i saw your tits i mean that's the thing that's hardcore like what if you guys haven't seen the movie please do um because you see Mel's tits i don't know why yeah (laughs) Uh, a weird ramping up into recommending it but um but yeah i mean it's so it's such an emotional film and it is such a complicated character and for them to just cast you out of high school and think okay she's going to be able to i mean you guys, you and Kate carried the film, obviously, and mm, so it's great. so, it's, it, it's just, how, what was it like? I mean, were you, were you afraid? Did you feel afraid when you got the part? Were you excited? But did you feel insecure about it? Or did you feel like this is what I've been waiting for and I know I'm going to be able to get through this? I only felt insecure at one point. I felt so excited. And especially because it was at that time in my life that I was talking about where everyone was like, well, that's not. Right. And I just you felt can't like, do that. Yeah. Oh my God, I have this opportunity. I'm actually going to do it. Yeah. And I never thought, I was thinking the whole time, like, this may be the only time I ever get to do this. Yeah. So, uh, how amazing. Yeah. You know? And I was so, it was such a perfect time in my life. Like, a friend of mine had just passed away, which is really tragic. Mm. And my boyfriend's best friend. And it was like oh, this. Oh, no. There was a lot of stuff going on, and I was going through a lot of turmoil and some family things, and yeah, I felt so excited. Even at that point, I sort of understood that that thing of like having a character to express all that yeah. stuff through, and I was like, "Oh my god, what a what a gift! Gift huh? this is!" And Peter and Frame were so careful. Like I auditioned a couple of times, and they made sure I could do it and not go crazy. And they brought in an acting coach to help me, kind of get some kind of technique instead of just like breaking down. And yeah. It was really good. But um, when we started working, they brought in this one acting coach who didn't last for very long because she said to me, she was like, well, I hope you know how lucky you are because you're not a professional actress. And oh, if you Lord. don't do it, we need to prove that you're going to do a good job now because otherwise they're going to fire you. <gasps> and it had never crossed my mind. I was oh, like, really? Yeah. And I got so upset and so self-conscious about it. And then in our rehearsals, I was like, I need to show them this thing. Oh, that's dreadful. Or I'm going to get fired. And then, you know, luckily Peter and Frank came to me and said, how's everything going? And I said, well, I'm so nervous about you guys firing me. Like, I hope I'm sure. And they were like, huh? Oh, my gosh. So she actually got fired, which I don't feel great about. But, like, I have a friend who worked with her years later, and she said, oh, I feel so bad. That's not what I meant. You know, they were very specific about we need to know that she's capable. And, you know, I I understand. She probably thought it was just tough love. Yeah. Like, we're going to get there together because otherwise, yeah. yeah. But I didn't operate in that way. And I was so – and I'm the kind of actor where, you know, if if I hear that kind of thing, I get so intimidated. Yeah. I'm not able to do good work because I'm like, is this what you want? Is this yeah. what you want? And it's horrible. Yeah. It's the opposite of what's supposed to happen in terms of you being able to lose yourself in something. Instead, yeah. you're more you than ever and the more vulnerable, afraid yeah. you than ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, that's such a great point. Um, yeah. So you, so you really had this extraordinary role that, that was intense, but that sounds like it was cathartic. It was very and, cathartic. And that's huge. Um, were that were and so people were but you were kind of saying about how how your peers were behaving about it yeah and people were after I it mean, came out you were still in school obviously yeah. so everyone saw it or assumedly some people saw it and, it came out when i was in my last year of high school everyone saw it 
Were there boys who were like, hey, you made out with a girl. That's no. pretty. <laughs> they were like, no. hey, are you crazy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny. People in New Zealand are so, they really go out of their way to not be impressed by things. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, it, I don't know. People were very careful to let me know that that wasn't a big deal to them. Interesting. And I luckily had an amazing group of friends who are still some of my closest friends who were supportive and amazing. And, um, but it was a weird time. And, you know, in the last year of high school, I had to go to New York and I had to go to the Venice film festival and things that are very exciting and wonderful. Had you traveled before then much outside of New Zealand? Um, when I was a child, I did. When yeah. my dad was studying, we traveled all over the place. Oh, you were beyond. I, for some reason, in my mind, you were just sort of still in New Zealand oh, when he was. No, we lived in London. Oh, for you a did. While. Yeah. So you settled into New Plymouth and stayed there. At when what I was age? like seven. Okay, so I but was all the really time young. before that, you yeah. had done London and and in different parts of. Well, we traveled around Europe, like for a couple of months or. Something. Do you remember much of that? I I kind of do. I remember like bits and pieces of it and just sort of being fascinated and yeah. thinking, oh, I've been to this place now. I've been to that place now. I can tell I'm my very... best friend, the yeah. teacher, all about that <laughs> exactly. in the staff like, room I'm at lunch. I to see my teacher. The lonely globetrotter. <laughs> um, and then you decided to, uh, you. I'm sure you had people saying, hey, don't be a teenager anymore, be a professional actress. And did, did you, did, or, or were the I people didn't. in New Zealand? So because it was still localized and was a small enough movie that it wasn't like you were doing some big splashy New York film. Right. Nobody was saying, come be in this place and act full time. Instead, the no. people in New Zealand were like, yeah, you did a movie. Now <laughs> yeah. what about school? It, that was exactly what it Got was. It. And even the people that I worked with on the movie we're kind of like, thank you so much. You did a really great job and don't let it ruin your life and Off you go. go to university. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of like, wow, but this is all I've ever wanted to do. And then I did it. Yeah. And it was very hard to let go of that, but I felt like I had to. I, you oh, know, that's I so like, interesting. Did you have a sense of it? Oh, what if I come back to it and it's not there anymore? This, what if I, I have to keep this momentum the way I think? Some I people feel it here. wouldn't be there. I mean, I, I didn't have any yeah. concept of momentum at that time. Yeah, it was funny, yeah. though, because Kate Winslet, who was in the movie with me, was a professional actress, and she'd been a professional actress since she was 12 years old, and she was on television shows, and she had headshots, and yeah. she was the most professional, ambitious person, and... God, it works so well. Sorry, just in terms of the characters, yeah. though, it oh, works so incredible. well because she was that person, that character, yeah. and she needed the character that was the sort of more yes. naive, less uh, you know, less experienced. Yeah, the, the the mirror image of where she was and the character she played and where you were and the character you played is sort of flawless. Right? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of amazing. It was very it was very much where. We were in our lives. But you saw her and you saw that it was possible to sort of have done that and to continue to do. But at the same time, everyone was behaving very differently to her because she was professional and she lived in London by herself and she was acting. And so I kind of felt like it wasn't my place. You know, I was sort of like, well, who do I I think I am that I can just show up and be Kate when she's put all this work into it. And so I it was even more of an incentive to kind of be like, oh, okay, and just sort of back away. You yeah, know? yeah. And I was just sort of like her proud friend. And not that there should be like a, you know, if she's doing it. I, right, but right. But I saw someone who I can so was in the middle that. of their career path. Sure. And she was like, and now I'm going to do this. And this is my first film and I'm going to go and my second film is going to be blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I don't even. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to do another movie. So it yeah. just felt... But I wanted to act. Like, I yeah. really. And I went back to high school and I did plays and stuff, and it, I just missed it. I went to university and I missed it. And you didn't, and you could, did you think about majoring in theater? Did you have that option? I was you doing, made, did, you major, did you major in English lit? Is I was that doing right? English, yeah. But then I dropped out of university. But if I had gone on, I would have done like a film and theater degree. Yeah. And so when you, when, when you left, was that a hard decision? And how were your fam- How was your family about that? They or by thought that it time, was crazy. They did. Yeah, they thought it was not. A Where good were idea. you in school? You were. I uh, wrote it down. I'd, Victoria. Yeah, in Wellington. I did one year. I had an agent in America, 
and she was always like, oh, you should come over and you should try it out and you can stay with me. And I was like, well. And then I started to send audition tapes in my first year of university. Okay. And I sent an audition tape for the Crucible, the Daniel Day-Lewis sure. Crucible. Sure. And I got like shortlisted and I had to come to LA to audition with Daniel Day-Lewis. Amazing. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay. I feel if other people are sort of like really considering, yes, you know, yes, and then I started to think that maybe I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when and so how old were you when you came when you left Wellington? How old were you? I think I was eighteen when I came here for the first yeah. time. Yeah, and so you felt. How did you feel? I mean, I guess what I'm interested in just about that stuff is the idea of having traveled so much when you're little. So kind of having an organic comfort maybe Mm. with travel and that, but then settling in still very young and kind of having to get over being the outsider. Yeah. And you just, you're just so interesting. Your whole, because you, because to your point, you don't have necessarily this sort of balls out like i'm an actress world get used to it (laughs) uh which can either be a real confidence or protector you don't have that you don't have that shell no matter what it is you know whether it's a shell or whether it's real oh my god and you and and so the idea to me of having grown up in kind of a provincial town doing a movie but in sort of a sheltered environment yeah comparing yourself to kate and going okay i'm clearly not that person yet or whatever that means or that's not been my path and that felt like an actress to me yeah like a star this is what you need to be you know yeah yeah but then to but then to have the courage to be in school be in college and feel the, maybe an impatience if you left, I guess I can, it, yeah. would, it would seem that there might be an impatience of, okay, now, now I'm, as, as I get older and I'm recognizing this is important and I'm getting these opportunities, um, that final moment of kind of, okay, I'm, I'm 18, I'm going to go live. Did you move to Los Angeles or did you go? I did. I came to Los Angeles for three months because that did was you, the time on my like temporary visa, visa. Yeah. And did you stay with your agent? I did. And how did it feel to kind of have made that jump i did not know what i was doing did you have friends here no you didn't really oh my gosh i didn't know anybody i was staying with my agent who's very sweet i didn't know how to drive i couldn't get around oh my gosh i would go to auditions and i remember the first audition i went to and i literally i had no makeup on and i just was like and it was for like a TV Western and all the girls were in like old timey <gasps> outfits, but with like full faces of makeup and right. their hair was all done up and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm, I am not doing this right. This right. is really. Did you wear a lot of makeup when you were a teen? No. You didn't. Yeah. Cause you were saying you had a different idea of that yeah. American teens kind of getting up to put on their faces and going yeah. in and I was kind of a goth for a while. So I did like gothy kind of makeup. Oh yeah. Bit. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Oh, really? When, when, <laughs> when awesome. were you like 15? What kind of music main. were you listening to? Like Depeche Mode and I would listen to like Bauhaus and uh-huh. Sisters of Mercy yep. and I still love them. And I got a little into like Skinny Puppy and I the kind of too. more hardcore. I couldn't get, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because when I look back at the stuff, like I can definitely still enjoy Bauhaus and Sisters yeah. of Mercy and I love Depeche Mode and The Cure. And, um, yeah. but then when I think about like the foray into like, <laughs> skinny puppy and like <laughs> oh i love daisy chain for satan and stuff like that it's like um how do you live in that place for very yeah. long like how are you a lifelong fan of skinny puppy is I, it or is it just does it just exist for certain people as like i needed that pocket of time where i didn't even really i don't know if i could have even identified in words why it was important or why i liked yeah. it but it just somehow was about all the cacophony inside yeah. me that needed a like you know that I mean, static electricity of hormones is what i, I always kind of so. think i went through a period of time where i was obsessed with um Leibach, oh, you know sure <laughs> and they did that sure. cover album of of that beatles album i can't remember they ca- they did it like beginning to end the whole cover album yeah. of it but i listened to it recently and i was like, like wow doesn't hold up wow for you maybe it's just so intense it's (laughs) like really yeah 
Wow. I yeah. Didn't... And we were girls. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get, you know, boys, I get totally get it. Yeah. Like if we were, I was obsessed with the clockwork orange. Like I thought, oh, really? I thought that's my dream guy. <laughs> so horrible. Cause I was a pretty nice kid. I mean, I wasn't yeah. a bully and I had been picked on when I was little. So it's not like, yeah. I don't know why I would be like, it's fiction. Sure. He's raping an old lady, but that was that eyelash is so hot like i understand you know what i mean the extreme of and i'm not girls if you've got like the you know the villain that you love i'm just saying i'm not judging you i know i'm laughing at myself but i am not judging you because i seriously was like i think i wanted to marry him and then like i graduated to hannibal lecter oh my (laughs) god i was obsessed (laughs) obsessed with anthony hopkins i think as much for you know i mean the danger certainly because like in real life if that if someone like that if a man who right. ate people was like would you like to go on a date you'd be like oh no I would probably, probably pass yeah. i feel like i have to go put on my black lipstick now but um <laughs> but you know something about the you know that something about that danger and and i think liebach yeah. and skinny puppy like something about just raw aggression and evil somehow needs to there's has to be room for exploration of that even if you're in my case i was like a you know straight a student but i still just had this stuff that that spoke to i guess yeah um so but anyway so so i love that you went through a goth phase i'm glad we got that out um (laughs) it's funny isn't it too because i i was i think i was a little confused by makeup also but something about like black island or a black lipstick or like a really pale face like that wasn't necessarily pretty but it made sense to me exactly and also for me like my mother um is you know she's very beautiful and she always uh, was very like made up and tanning Mm. and dieting and she had a very particular look and i quite i mean it was subconscious at the time sure it's so obvious but i was like really rebelling against that yeah like really really and you know around the time of heavenly creatures and she and another like, little parallel there on. with wear yeah. some here you know when we had events to, i would wear sneakers with like i'd put a dress on but then i'd wear big sneakers and yeah i was like fuck you like yeah i, just, I yeah. never wanted to try to like pretty myself up and yeah i remember like our version of a prom the school ball i i came downstairs for the school ball and my mother just burst into tears because oh. she was so upset because oh, I was no. wearing like six ballet tutus and like this antique lace like <gasps> top, and I had this like dark eyeliner. And oh my god, do you have a picture of that somewhere? I don't. I don't know why. That is a shame. Yeah, I a mean that's shame. beautiful. I know. I think <laughs> I, I have some outfits. I was trying to show someone something, and I was really frustrated by the lack of 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 representation of that time of my life like yeah. i have a couple but i feel like i should i wish i had more and i yeah. wish i had more of like the really extreme stuff instead of the sort of like like a lot of pictures i have were like my dad took them so i was on a yeah. vacation with him so it was like i'll only wear one skull headband around <laughs> yeah. my wrist yeah, instead yeah. of my dog collar or whatever um but it's it's I love that you had six tutus on and I, yeah, uh, and an antique crazy. lace. Oh, that's fantastic! And my grandmother. Were your were your girlfriends like that too, or was everybody? A couple of my well? girlfriends were kind of like that. I was dating a boy who was kind of gothy, and then I got all into it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then when you came here, uh, so you said so. What so? I mean, this is sort of super, uh, superficial, but maybe as a way in of like kind of how you expressed yourself and who you ended up meeting, becoming friends with here. Mm-hmm. You're 18. What were you into other than auditioning? And, you know, were you like, I was like, did you think about your clothes? Was that important? Did you think about, did you listen to a lot of music then? Did you, were you sort of like, I'm alone and I don't know anyone. So I'm listening to my Johnny Cash CDs or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever that might've looked like for you. Um, yeah, I was kind of a music nerd, like. Every place I would go to, I remember when I came to Los Angeles for the first time, I had a driver because I was doing press for two and a half, um, for two and a half, I mean, what am I talking about? For every degree, just a different <laughs> thing. Um, it popped into my head for some reason. But this driver, They're very similar, two and a <laughs> half men, very things. similar. I get them confused yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry if I sound like a crazy person. I'm, you, I have a little bit of a cold. You couldn't sound less crazy, uh, if anything. Thank you for saying that. But I had this driver for Heavenly Creatures, and he said, if there's anywhere in the city 
you know, you want to see, let me know and I'll drive you there because we have the day off or whatever. And I was like, I really want to go to Echo Park. Yeah. And he was like, what? And Why? back then, yeah. too, even more, like, so much less gentrified. And it was like 95 or something. Yeah. And he was like, Why would you? What are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, Well, Beck is from there. Oh, and I want to sure. see. I had such a crush on Beck. And I loved yeah. him so much. And, um,. So we like drove around Echo Park. And I was like, That's oh, okay. pretty fantastic. Now I feel like I I'm close big. to him. <laughs> and I remember when I went to New York, I was like all interested in like the East Village and stuff. Yeah. I read that like Stephen Malkmus had lived there. Yeah. I, I was just such a like groupie. Um, so yeah, I came here. My agent had this lovely assistant who I'm still friends with to this day. This girl, Kira, who became my one and only friend, and she gave me like a little boom box <laughs> so I could listen to my CDs. Oh, I love it. I know. She was amazing. And she would take me to parties with her and stuff like that. And did you, were you going to those, those like Hollywood parties where you were seeing a bunch of people you recognized, or were they no. a little, were they more like our cup of tea now, which yeah. would just be a bunch she of cool was people just sitting me around? To, like good people parties. That's good. And sometimes That's there would good. be like, famous people there because she grew up here and she knew some actors and stuff like that but it was always very relaxed i think that's kind of i mean that's got to be sort of a great thing to not get pulled into Mm. when you're that age because i think it could have that could have easily happened and it it seems to me that it speaks to your sense of self i guess i just was so shy yeah just i don't know but i i don't know you don't strike me as like i wish i were out snorting a bump of cocaine right now but i just don't have the nerve to ask anyone to take me kind of person necessarily (laughs) Uh, i I wanted to do all my coke in private there you go i wanted to ask you um and i and and i don't know this is one of those things where you can you you could so easily say you're just not right about this, Janet. Whatever idea you've got, you're not right about. So I'll let you be the first person to tell me that the secret idea I've had about people from New Zealand and Australia, and also I apologize for lumping you in together because that's also com- a com- that's right. totally bogus. But uh, and because there's certainly huge differences in terms of culture and mm-hmm. and 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 kind of candor about my friends from New Zealand versus my friends friends from Australia, but. Something I feel like I always notice about mm. both, and I think it's something that other people have observed, and so we're all, we could all be wrong, is that there is a sort of confidence that isn't brash, and it's not um, necessarily covering for something else, which is where I think a lot of the, conf- the quote-unquote confidence in Americans come from is posturing. Mm. But there's something about... Friends of mine who, um, in or out of this business that you and I are in, just seem like they know themselves maybe differently, and I would say better than a lot of Americans I know, that there's some sort of... And I think people observe it about the Nicole Kidmans and the Naomi Watts and yeah. the uh, a, just a lot of Aussies who make it in the business, that there doesn't seem to be a lot of kind of crashing and burning or getting in your own way or uh, that there's just like a dedication that come that also has a confidence attached to it. And I, I do, I mean, is that, does that mean anything to you or are you like, Janet, you now you're the crazy person. Cause I accept if it's true. No, I, I understand. I think it's a lovely thing to say. And I, I think I know what you're saying. Like, I don't know when I was growing up, I was always very concerned with being an individual. Oh, hello cat but that was always like my biggest thing was like being myself and feeling like I was different from other people Mm -hmm. and not in a like oh I'm so different from everyone else but I just wanted I don't know and I feel like all my friends were the same kind of way and it something about the culture there it's just sort of encouraged I think Mm -hmm. when I came over here when I was 18 was the first time I really was like oh wow there are a lot of people who are this one particular thing mm-hmm. and maybe I should think about being more of that thing. Be the girl in like, the old West outfit with yeah. your hair done up and your makeup super pristine. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just American girls have this sort of 
thing like they take care of themselves in a particular way like yeah. i don't know like a lot of new zealanders are bad about like getting haircuts and stuff like uh-huh. you don't go get manicures and things like yeah. that it's just different yeah and i don't know women are different with men like there's just a different sort of relationship and what do you can you elaborate on that it's just sort of like people hang out together a lot more it's just a, it's just a different sort of I don't know. People like hang out step, together a lot more there or here. Like there. Like uh-huh. that, like growing up, you're just sort of like in groups of sort of like guys and girls. Like if you yeah. start seeing someone, it's because you're like in a group of people and then yeah. you go home together like yeah. three times and then suddenly it's your boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. It's just the sort of, it's a, it's just a different society. But I don't know about, I don't know, New Zealanders are so reserved to me. I think Australians are very... Confident. Yeah, I would agree that I would agree that the the way that that people communicate themselves it is definitely there's more kind of gregariousness mm. with Australians. But I don't know. I, I I think it's my own whatever my own feeling of of lacking in. Someone was telling me about his ex who is an Aussie, yeah. and he was describing her as um, just being really, and it, it totally lined up with everybody I had been friends with and I yeah. knew that was like. She wanted to learn how to fly a plane. Yeah. You know, this is Jacinda. Yeah. She wanted to learn how to fly a plane and then she just went and did it. That's so awesome. And to me, that just summed it all up. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. This sort of idea of like, well, why couldn't I do that? Yeah. Whereas for some reason, but everything you're saying about, you know, maybe I'll never get to make this another movie again. All of that sounds like exactly how I would have felt if I were you. But somehow as I got older and, and in my teens and my twenties and I started meeting more and more people from, from down under one way or the other, I just felt like there was a lot of kind of like, well, this was really important to me. So I followed up on it. Yeah. And, and I don't know if maybe they're just not communicating their insecurity and neurosis the way I would like, really? Because I thought, and then I wondered, and then I did it. And then I was scared that it wasn't good. So I didn't do it anymore. But then I came back to it because I felt passionate about it. Like there's just something sort of like. I feel like that's like, what I'm like though. I feel like then, I'm more like When you, you were 18, like, but then you came here and then you've worked ever since. Yeah, but then I and then I again and had a nervous breakdown and had to get did you really? Did you feel like. Come back. Yeah. Oh, you I did. Went, well, how old? Like crazy. Like when I came here, I. After I came here when I was You had the three months. Yeah, and it was awful. And it it did not go well, and I wasn't, you know, so it wasn't like I was like, yes, I'm gonna. It was was tough. Okay. But I think something about, I don't know, you come from so far away in New Zealand and Australia, like we're so isolated down there. Like it's really, and it's a big trip to get anywhere else. Yeah. So you have to really be... Prepared, to have you know? made that journey, and you maybe have to that's have, like, the people that come out of it. And, yeah, you know, because it's the exchange rate used to be so terrible. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to really. So maybe that's what it is more than anything. Like yeah. if you're an American and you come to Los Angeles and you, you know, you can go home. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, you can go home and try again. But if you come like all that way, you, I, you know what? Really... That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that before, but that absolutely makes sense. Um. Oh, you made me think of something else that I wanted. Well, okay, so so you so it wasn't working, and so you no. so you went home, and then when when did you come back, and how did how were you different, and how did you approach it differently? I can't remember. I feel like I came back again for another audition or something, but then I went back to New Zealand, and um, I did an audition in New Zealand for a director I really respect. Her name is Gaylene Preston. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of stopped me halfway through and she was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, I just lost it in this audition. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is where I went to Los Angeles and oh. I hated it and I feel really insecure and mm. I hate my boyfriend and I'm oh. really fat. <laughs> like oh I, just, I, had all, I just poured all this stuff out to her and she was like, okay, here's what you do. You make a list of everything that's making you unhappy and then you think, how can I change this? And then you make a little separate list of all the things you can do to change it. Like, what's one thing? I was like, I feel like I have this terrible voice. And I'm, and she was like, okay, so do voice lessons. Here's a teacher I really like. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with your relationship? <laughs> you know, so she, she was so amazing. Yeah. And she said, go away. I'm going to audition you again, uh-huh. she said, in six months. Uh-huh. Interesting. And I came back. 
It was for like the same mission. thing or just for something the same totally thing. And then they never got funding and the movie was never made, which but is a tragedy. It was yeah. a, this amazing, amazing movie. But, um, but she changed my life, this woman. Just from this one, just... Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Because I had been in Los Angeles and just people were very dismissive. You know, I, I was not building on any kind of momentum or whatever you're supposed to do. Like I was in a movie that had come out years ago. I wasn't especially pretty or anything. I didn't, you know, it was tough. I don't know if I can agree with that, but okay. No, but you know, I just didn't really have. You weren't working the Hollywood polish and glam. Yeah. 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 And I would come into the room and people would sort of be like, oh, great. Like, what's this? That's so crazy. Yeah. And so she, she just gave me a different outlook. And it was the first time I really realized like, oh, this is within my, control like yeah. i started to feel kind of it's not just stuff happening to you that you're yes. stuck with yeah yeah and it was good for me in in a lot of different ways it, she really helped me a lot and yeah. then i just had a different perspective and yeah the next time i came back i i just felt i also felt a little bit more like i didn't really care like i just felt so much happier in my life and yeah like I was sort of working out what I wanted to do and I thought, well, I'll do some auditions. I'll see how it goes, whatever. I'm not, I can go home and I can try to do plays and I yeah. wasn't. And then I got a movie and it was this movie Ever After. And then <laughs> Easy. I think that was just the door, the yeah. wind slamming the door shut. So yeah. You're very Aww. tough, Scott. He's very sweet. Scotty. It's nothing. <laughs> oh, he's not sure. He's he not sure. Such a funny look on his face. Oh he's man. Like, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, so then it was funny, and then I sort of started working pretty steadily after that. That's so amazing. And have yeah. you? And have you? So you went back to her after six months. Did you tell her? Do I? Yes. I need you to know how. Yeah. Much of a. I totally did, and every I I talk about it all the time because it was the she is the person who changed my life. She's the person I who had the greatest that. impact on me. Really. Yeah. And just from this one, you know, and we sort of have peripherally stayed in touch with each other. I did a movie with her daughter a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Who's an amazing actress and, like, the coolest, obviously, with that person as your mom. Right, She's right. She's, like, the coolest girl you could imagine. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, that's funny because I don't I was going to bring up some stuff of, like, but I'm a cheerleader I love just because it's a, it's just a great movie about the sort of, like the idea, the idea of being in high school and, and yeah. needing to be a certain way and then, and then satirizing, you know, just the whole, the whole idea of like, whether it's okay to be gay or not and how, how all of our little, like the the caricatures of these roles that we sign up kind of fall into in high school. Um, I know. I love that about it's it. It's such too. a great, it's such a great movie and oh, you got the cast is so perfect. Mm. And, and then, um, I mean, guys, Melanie has done, some of the best movies out there. So I just go check her, check everything out. Cause it's really all we're seeing for one reason or another. But, um, but you were also just in win win, which was, which was a, another movie that for me with the, the idea of this outsider kid and high yeah. school and the complicated relationships that you have with your parents, yeah. um, as a, as a teenager. And, and once again, I mean, you're just so good at playing. You could play anyone because you, yeah. You're so there. There's a vulnerability there that a lot of people can't access. I think not just on screen or in a play or acting or anything, but like in their lives. Um, oh, I think people can't. I think that. it's scary. It's scary to to access that place because we all have it. And every time I see you in something, I think I just feel like you give me permission to kind of be raw or to feel like, yeah, wait a minute people get hurt and people are afraid of being hurt and people change after they get hurt. And all of that's so human. And, um, you go, I, I, I need to see that to feel okay about my brokenness, whatever that looks like. And I can't imagine that if that's true for me, it's not true for other people. And it's one thing to see a superhero movie where somebody is just like, you know, their vulnerability is like, they can't be, they can't love a human. Isn't that a little lonely? You know what I mean? Like, but it's still somebody who's just sort of, you know, and, and, and so to see that, that what you bring to the table and, and, um, 
and your role in win-win especially, but you know, that's just cause that's the most recent thing I saw you in. Um, yeah, I just think it's, I just think, I mean, I don't even know what to say, but I want to like ask you something about that part of it or, or where that comes from or, but I, you know, maybe we've already gotten there just by talking about what you're, how crazy I am. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If there's, if anything has been proven in this podcast, it's that you're incredibly uncrazy and unHollywood and un, uh, tainted by it all. But, um, but yeah, I mean, do you feel when you, when you play a role like that, do you, do you feel like, does that come home with you? Does that, do you feel, or does it, is it cathartic? Do you feel like, oh gosh, I, I just did a day of really kind of a sad day of playing a character who can't connect with her own son. And now I sort of feel that, or do you walk away from work and feel elated and like, you know, you've sort of left it there and you've put it out there and you hope it was good. And that's that. It's interesting. Like without getting super actory, um, kind of the, the hope always for me is that it will help me sort of process some thing from my history or some relationship that I have. And yeah, I do this kind of like dream work acting stuff. Mm -hmm. And, we talk a lot about that kind of thing and what it's bringing up in you and what you can hope to sort of heal yourself from it, you know? So it's, it's, it all sounds a bit like (laughs) funny, but, um, yeah, that role particularly was very helpful for me emotionally with a particular relationship in my life. It helped me understand a little bit more how that person must be feeling and what they're going through. And it took a lot of, anger away from me and it it was very it's always interesting that kind of thing but then at the same time you know you've been crying all day and you come home and you feel gross sure 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 there was a funny moment it's a the scene basically got cut out of the movie but I have a moment where I like talk to Kyle Alex's character the teenage boy and in the courtroom and I ask him like does he know that I love him and he can't like answer me because he doesn't know and it was like such a heartbreaking moment for me. I know. I would love to see that scene. That's amazing. And just every time it would just like destroy me. Yeah. Because just thinking about like your own child just yeah, not honestly not being able to tell you that they yeah. know that you love, you know. Yeah. And so we were doing that scene and Tom McCarthy, the director, said that Alex came up to him like after we did one take, came up and was like, dude, I think she's really crying. <laughs> like so freaked out what do we do about this guy yeah, she's I really think upset she's really crying oh Tom was that's like, really... kind of her job because <laughs> you know there wasn't anything I'll else emotional really in the movie yeah like, people were acting and being yeah. very real but oh just... yeah that would be the yeah. kind of for for him because he didn't have much experience either he right he never and... had done any acting so before. interesting what a yeah. full circle accidental I know. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. He did such an amazing job. Oh, it's astonishing. Well, that's what's so great about it, too, is that I I would say, and I know I'm going to do this uh, because I want to see that film again, but like if you guys get a chance to watch Heavenly Creatures and to watch Win Win back to back, I think that would be such a fun, cool (laughs) exercise. Not exercise, but like it would be a cool thing to do because you kind of get a sense. Because this kid's performance, this Alex's performance is so good. It's just so, and it's they're very similar because they're so honest and they're so authentic that there just isn't anything to compare them to, they're just living in their own space, your performance and his, and and there's something really, there's a nice parallel there that you actually will see on the screen when you guys watch it. Um, I love what you said about the idea of empathy. And I love the idea of being able to use your work to understand relationships better. Is there a way we can put that for young women who aren't necessarily doing what we do, but that's just something you kind of tuck away in your mind? Cause I've been feeling that a lot lately, just that the sense of empathy of like, if we have the opportunity to work, like to, to put the anger on the shelf just long enough to see someone else's point of view. Yeah. It helps you so much, right? It, it can, it really, really does. I think that's the most helpful thing. It's, you know, it's been a really great tool in all my relationships. It's just to sort of like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's as an actor, you're used to kind of imagining someone else's point of view and putting yourself in a different person's shoes. But I, you know, any person can do that and just sort of yeah. really try to imagine yourself as that person and 
what are they saying? You know, you hear things in a particular way and that's not what people are saying. Yeah. You know, the things I think my husband is saying to me, it's not <laughs> at yeah. all what he's yeah. trying to tell me, you yeah. know, but it's filtered through years of, you know, your own insecurities and yeah, I just, I don't know, but just taking the time for yourself to really sort of process what a relationship means to you. And even if you just write in a journal about it and yeah, the more you sort of explore your own feelings towards people, then, you know, it just, it helps to sort of be able to articulate it to yourself. And I totally agree. I yeah. think, I think the idea of getting your relationships, getting better through understanding yourself in an unnarcissistic way yeah. is, is only going to help you grow as a person. And that that's something that we all do for the rest of our lives, not just yeah. as young people. Um, I think that's about an hour and I cannot mm-hmm. thank you enough. Oh, no, that was so you. wonderful. Was really I'm so proud to know you and, um, oh, I'm proud to know you. I and, think you're great. And, uh, and that's it for the podcast this time, guys. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.